0: welcome back to the rewind i'm josh and this is a podcast where i watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends today's episode is about waves and queen and slim and i'm happy to be joined by my friend daniel lima to talk about both of these daniel thanks for being here Thank you. Okay, so we're going to start with Waves and then work our way to Queen and Slim. Uh, Waves is the newest film from Trey Edward Schultz. It's his third feature after doing Crescia from a few years ago, and then it comes at night. And two years ago, he is kind of now firmly ensconced in like the A24 stable of directors because this is the newest film from A24. I'm going to say it right out the outset so I don't like awkwardly like stumble into saying it. I'm not really going to do a spoiler section for this movie. I just would – I mean it's – I have conflicted feelings about it, so it's not like I can give like a definite recommendation for people, but it's a very hard movie to like talk about in any depth without spoiling it. Would you agree, Daniel? Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean it's set up like a – the story is bifurcated. Like you know, there's one story for the first half and one story for the second half, and what's in the second half is informed by what's in the first, so it's it's hard to get around.
0: Yeah, so I'm just going to tell people like now, like I mean – I, I went into this movie knowing nothing other than the fact, like, it was a family drama, and I heard people say, like, don't learn anything else, so I just didn't learn anything else, and I I like Trey Edward Schultz's movies, and, I'm like, and I like Sterling K. Brown, and I like Kelvin Harrison Jr., who plays one of the main characters in this movie, and I was like, all right, I'll go see it. I am in. I don't need to learn anything, and I would tell people the, the same thing. It's like, you know, I think it's kind of g- a good thing for movies like this to get made, even if I'm not going to give the movie the most ringing endorsement myself so I would tell people to you know check it out and then come back and listen to what we have to say and I'm going to time stamp this so if you just want to jump ahead to Queen and Slim it'll be easy for you to do so and then go back and listen to Laves later so just run away right now if you don't want more of this is kind of spoiled but um you know Waves is like I said it's the newest movie from Trey Edward Schultz it focuses on a, a family that lives in Broward County Florida and uh it's a upper middle class uh, black family it's the father ronald is played by sterling k brown the mother uh played by renee Elise Goldsberry is played by katherine williams the son is played by kelvin harrison jr his name is tyler and their daughter is played by a relative newcomer named taylor russell her 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 character's name is emily and you know they're a upper middle class family that uh on, on, on the surface really everything should just be great with them tyler is a senior in high school he's kind of a. It, it seems like he does okay in school and he's on the wrestling team and uh we don't really learn as much about emily at first but it just seems like they're a family that kind of has it all together on the surface but uh tyler ends up having a shoulder injury while he's wrestling and ignores doctor's orders it gets worse and he uh and when he suffers an injury that uh, kind of puts him out of commission and ends his wrestling career, uh, things really start to go downhill for him, and things for the family uh, really begin to crack under what is a pretty nice facade, uh, for lack of a better term. And uh, Tyler's uh, also has a girlfriend who's played by Alexis Demi. Her name, or Alexa Demi. Her character's name is Alexis. And you know, things really go south with her relationship after uh, she becomes pregnant, and they can't decide what to do. And it's really just. I don't know. What I want to say first, Daniel, is this movie was, like I said, it was built as a family drama. And for the first, like, half of this movie, it's really Tyler, uh, the, the Tyler character's movie. And, you know... I'm going to say it now. I really didn't like the first half of this movie for a lot of it. And I think it's because I had been sold to me as a family drama. And instead I ended up watching a character just do a lot of really stupid stuff and just be a bad person. And it just was not a pleasant experience for me. Uh, We we can get into more of the plot after that, but what was your initial reaction to this
1: movie? Well, you're talking about just the first half here?
0: Yeah, I mean, we could talk about anything if you want to talk about this. I, I already told people I, I, I gave the spoiler warning, but that was just my initial reaction is we see this kid, you know, we see him kind of ruin his life, and it just wasn't a pleasant experience, and I don't really know. I think the movie almost focuses too much on this character instead of, you know, actually maybe exploring the family dynamics a little more to giving a little more context for why he would destroy his life, and I've kind of found the first part of this movie just a little frustrating in that regard before maybe it clicked into place a little more. What Did you have initial reaction? It, you can talk about the. second half if you want because like you said that does that is largely informed by what happens in
1: the first half of this movie i got you well i i know i don't like this movie okay i'm just i'm just not entirely clear
0: were you the one that derisively referred to it after seeing as the trailer as like you were worried it was going to be barry jenkins cosplay
1: well i had heard it described okay. to me pitched to me as a parody of a barry jenkins oh, movie okay. and i was like oh well i don't need to see this but then you were like hey you want to go see this for i assume you're going like, to yeah, anyway
0: because sure. like your your contrarian uh tendencies would get the better of you if you saw an opportunity to shit on something that was trying to be a barry jenkins movie so i, I yeah i, I didn't yeah. think i was giving you homework i thought you'd be excited to do oh that. you get well
1: it's home it's homework bro and uh and uh yeah i didn't like it now, the first half, like you said, it's this sort of slow descent into, like, this kid, this kid who feels like a pressure from his dad to be the best that he can be, you know, in this very sheltered, you know, privileged environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another, and suddenly, you know, he's fucking up his entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh Look, it's like a character study, like you said.
0: Well, your biggest complaint about Barry Jenkins' movies is that they don't have real characters. Right. And I'm I'm not – I don't even – even though I like his movies more than you, I'm not going to even – I wouldn't even necessarily argue that point all that much. That was maybe my one critique of Beale Street was that you didn't really learn that much about what these people were like. And for Waves, I thought that like – for a second it looked like he was going to pretty well take care of that off the bat. I really enjoyed some of the very early scenes in this movie with the family. I really liked that first diner scene. I thought you really get a sense of who, what each of these people are like and or even just what the mom is like when he's down there at the in the kitchen of the house talking to her when he's taking a study break and there are just some nice character beats in that and then it, it becomes a family drama that doesn't really focus on the family which might be by design because these parents are a little too wrapped up in their own shit to really have a relationship with their kids and that might be the source of some of the problems, but I don't really think the movie takes the time to set that up.
1: Um well, I'm I'm conflicted. Oh man, I'm super conflicted okay. here because there are moments in this movie mm-hmm. that I do quite like. I like, for example, all the performances. I think everyone is great. Sterling K. Brown fucking kills it, man. Like, Mm -hmm. he is great. Uh, I think that the girl, I believe her name was Taylor Russell, who plays the daughter, who becomes the protagonist of the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, she's great, too. Um, There are moments where it does seem to be, like, you know, uh, striking the right chord, where it does seem to be investigating how these people feel about each other and their relationships with one another. But on the whole, I think that this is a movie that, sees the trees and then says no let's jump into that forest bro (laughs) because uh even though that first half is a character study it's a slow descent into darkness from uh the perspective of this this boy who's you know been saddled with so much you know expectations and pressure that he finally you know cracks and
0: can you can you think of a lot of movies about um movies specifically because i feel like there's definite more obvious examples that come to mind in tv can you think of a lot of movies that? follow upper middle class black families and just regular family dramas about them because i just think Um, there's like the kernel of like a really interesting movie there where it's like how do these people still continue to build upon what they've already accomplished for their kids
1: off the top of my head the first thing i thought when i watched the first half of the movie Mm -hmm. was oh this is a tyler perry movie now look (laughs) now look that's harsh is it? I don't think that it's actually harsh because on I do kind of respect that Tyler Perry is a guy who does want to make movies about uh, black people in, you know, middle class position, you know, black people who aren't just poor and black and that's not the only thing that defines them okay. and you know he makes these melodramas about families about how they interact with one another so, and I, I even though they are often derided and i've only ever seen to be fair i've only ever seen one tyler perry movie which was um acrimony last year um but honestly i do think that this movie works best when it's operating in that melodramatic mode when it is uh you know when it embraces these uh, interactions that he has with this kid has with you know the world around him. Like uh, for example, there's a when his girlfriend gets pregnant, right? And there's this. Uh, she decides that she's going to keep it. And this plays out over a text exchange. Like, they're texting each other. She's like, promise you won't get mad. He's like, no, I'm not going to get mad. She says, I'm going to keep it. He goes, what the fuck? Are you? you know, he starts typing all caps. He starts pacing around the room, hitting the wall. And even he even says, says,
0: like, we shouldn't talk about this over text, which is probably true, except, like, yeah, and then when you learn more about him as a person, it's like, maybe you shouldn't be interacting with him at all anyway.
1: <laughs> and it's, it, well, that moment, I thought, was me and me, I saw it with a friend, and we were just bowling over laughing. And it wasn't, like the scene itself is a bad scene. It's just that it is so so true to life. It is so exactly no, kids would definitely do that. They would a definitely kid would do that. Yeah. And yeah, and it feels real. It feels like a truly lived in moment. And there are a lot of those moments scattered around the film, but the problem is that I believe um who's the guy who directed this again? Trader Schultz, white guy. Yeah, he's a white guy. I honestly I'm I still haven't really dissected what how I feel about that. But um I think that this is a guy who, honestly, watching the movie this first half, I was thinking in my head, "Oh, this is a guy." I, for, I knew who who directed it, but I had forgotten. So in my head, I'm like, "Oh, this is like a first time director who just figured out how to do stuff, and he's just milking it for all it's worth." You know, there's this. It's very, very showy. Yeah, it's a very, very needlessly showy. There's this 360 degree camera, uh, I guess pan that gets employed like. I, dozens of times throughout the movie, and the first time you might be able to say, "Oh, it's like you know they're enjoying himself. It's these kids in a car living life, and it's exuberance, youth, and this well, and then,
0: that." And then, and then three seconds later, there's another one where he is running laps at the high school, and then and then there's the another one scene, where he's and then, and
1: then there's one where he's just in his room, and then there's another one. That, it, it, it just gets overemployed to the point that the effect that the that that was going for ends up feeling unmotivated like it doesn't feel like anything well beyond i feel like that. in a
0: way like in those car scenes though i feel like he's like i don't know if he was foreshadowing something bad is going to happen but it was like he was really trying to hammer home the fact that this kid was like an irresponsible driver and i i feel like they kept trying to like make you think he was going to be in a car accident by d- shooting those car scenes that way where the camera's just whipping around everywhere and he's not looking at the road and i was like man what this is like almost i don't know if this is distracting but it's like really uncomfortable
1: I think I might have gotten that the first time. But mm-hmm. the fact is that movement is used throughout the movie mm-hmm. in context that it doesn't doesn't feel like it's aiming for anything. It feels just like a showy, like, I I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, the soundtrack. Look, I appreciate that Trey Edward Schultz gets kids. I get that he's down with the kids. Oh, yeah, you hear, like, you know, Tyler, the creator, and Kanye, and Kendrick, and they're all playing. And they play throughout the entirety of the movie. And – look, I know that it's a movie about kids. Kids are the star of this movie and all, but I don't know, man. The soundtrack seems overbearing in a way that does get into the way of the emotions of the scenes. It just feels like, oh, look, here's another song off my mixtape. See how much I get the kids. It, it It's trying to sell you on these moments as uh, as loudly as it possibly can, and I think it sometimes stifles the emotion. I think that it... Uh, it, it, it uh, uh, man, I'm trying. To well, I think it's word. interesting uh, that
0: you're bothered by the music. It's it's received fairly. It's been fairly. Uh it's received a lot of acclaim for the for the soundtrack and i've i've listened i listened to an interview with uh trader schultz and he went to great lengths to try and get the rights to all these songs he did the thing that indie filmmakers do and they write letters to the artist they send the script out they do
1: all that yeah stuff. you know what maybe he should have spent more time trying to nail down <laughs> who these people are rather than trying to you know figure out how he can get the rights to these songs rather than figuring out like you know how he can do x cool camera movement whether figuring out like oh uh, let me change the aspect ratio for this section of the movie for no goddamn reason mm-hmm. like it it, it 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 stifles what I'm trying to feel for these people. Okay. Uh, beyond that, I I, I do want to say that even though I do like these performances, I think these performances are what make these characters because otherwise they feel like nothing. They're just yeah. I don't know like you get cool. the sense that you get the sense that. Uh, Sterling K. Brown's father is, you know, a well-meaning but overbearing parent. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, not much of anything. Well, my thing is
0: that it's a family drama without with very few scenes featuring the family, which I which again, like I said, maybe it's a little bit by design. But he you watch his kid wreck his life and you get it. You get, Like you said, he's a well-meaning dad, but maybe a little overbearing. But they make it a point to have that scene where he's talking to him and he's like look, like, I didn't force you to be a wrestler. I didn't force you to be a wrestler. I didn't force you to do whatever. They're, they're a little vague on what their mom does for a living. Uh, I, this is a little fresher in my mind, so it might not have jumped out to you, but it's like the dad clearly works as, like, a contractor and does well, like, doing construction stuff. They keep talking about the mom having patience but then they keep saying the dad runs the mom's business and she just, like, sees patients or something. Yeah, I wasn't, son, I wasn't
1: entirely clear then the during that And the son takes notes. Right? So I'm like,
0: is she supposed to be, like, a divorce attorney where the dad runs the books? And the son, like, takes notes. Like, I don't really – yeah, I don't really know. But he, the kid works for the mom and the dad, like, assigns him to work. And he's like, look, I, you asked to do this work. I didn't make you wrestle. You chose to be a wrestler. You chose to work out with me.
1: So they make this whole point of it being, like, the kid w- – Well, the idea is that – the idea there is that, like, you know – the Dad is this strong, central figure in this guy's life, and of course, he wants to emulate him, but perhaps that's not exactly what the kid wants. See, the elements are there for me, but it's but, just stifled but, you know, by the execution,
0: I guess, yeah, you don't see a ton of the Dad. You can infer a lot that, like yeah, maybe he's just been like so with maybe he's been a little withholding and thinks that he's doing the good dad thing just by lifting weights with this kid and going to his wrestling practices, but maybe he's never actually taken the time to have a real conversation with him, so the kid doesn't feel comfortable like, talking a lot about any other personal problems he's having in life, whether it be the shoulder injury, whether it be the thing with his girlfriend, uh, anything. So maybe that's why he doesn't feel comfortable talking to the parents. But like, I just kept getting frustrated. because like, wow, this kid is literally making like every single wrong decision where it seems like if he could like fix so many, of these, so many of these issues could be just avoided if he
1: just had a conversation with an adult. And well, yeah, but that's that's I, I feel that that is the point. <laughs> like the kid is too wrapped up in his own stuff, and he can't doesn't feel like he can reach out. In I guess a, I just didn't understand
0: I, why that was the case. Like we don't get to know the mom very well. It looks like they have a good relationship, and then he won't talk to. I, I can see why he won't talk to the dad, but it seems like he and the mom have a decent relationship. And then
1: three scenes later, he's like, "Fuck you! You're not
0: my real mom." And which we didn't. I didn't know.
1: even. I, by the way, I didn't even know that the, she wasn't his real mom. I didn't. I didn't know that <laughs> until he said it, and I was like, "Oh, no, I guess I, she's a you, stepmom."
0: I don't. I don't think you were supposed to know beforehand, but that he just all of a sudden erupts at her and it's like well where is this coming from like yeah presumably she raised the kid it, it, we've only seen them have a good relationship it's like maybe if we had beyond had that beyond that again like things.
1: you I, I i'm sorry this is a revelation here because yeah. you just pointed out something i genuinely so so did they clarify that 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 wasn't his real mother before that moment
0: no not not before the moment where he says fuck you you're not my real mom that's the first moment we actually really find out about that um, no, you, we I thought we, that
1: maybe it was like implied, and I just no, missed no. That I detail. don't think
0: you missed anything. I think it was just something that where they just they just let it erupt and have him it worded out in that moment, and I'm like, huh?
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and we're not we're not we're not told exactly how old the kids were when their uh, birth mother died from an overdose. We just learned that she died from an overdose, so we don't know exactly like how. At what point she came into their lives? I mean
1: uh, – I think that in the second part of the movie, it it is like yeah, she – they basically as long as they have been conscious and they can remember right. so she has been – So in- it's
0: not like – yeah. It's not like she came in like when he was like a teenager, which would understandably be very uncomfortable. So I don't know. I just wanted more context for like their family dynamics before we actually got it and we saw him just like yeah,
1: – This descent into madness where he like is just pushing everyone away. Yeah, I just see like there's I a mean, lot of foundation for that,
0: you know? That was that was yeah, my, that was my biggest issue that, with the I script. I think
1: it, yeah. I think that it is an issue of execution. Mm-hmm. I think it is an issue of trying to get into the headspace of a kid and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Schultz kind of assumes that you know his style can do the heavy lifting when I mean it, it just couldn't. Um, that being said, I do think that it does work at its best when it's fully diving into those melodramatic moments and not trying to not trying to class it up with his uh, this style. like honestly, I tur- at one point, uh, at, uh, spoil, uh, Well, you said that you weren't going to yeah, do spoilers. It. So um, so toward the end of the second half of the movie, uh, he sees that his pregnant girlfriend is out with a guy at prom. Towards and the end of the first half of the goes, movie. Yeah, at the end of the first half of the movie. He sees that his pregnant girlfriend is out with a guy for prom, and so he gets mad. He goes to confront her at this party. One thing leads to another. She ends up dead. And that whole sequence, I thought, was... I mean, it was good, minus, like, too many – sorry, this is a point where, like, style does kind of take me out of the moment with, like, this – you know, there's this aspect ratio change and the the blaring soundtrack and, like – that being said.
0: I mean, it's a party scene.
1: Yeah, I know. But, like, that being said, I do think that that part of the movie does kind of work because it's not it, – it pulls back a bit from that overbearing style and it just lets these moments exist (laughs) and breathe and it feels like i mean i i I turned to my friend and i'm like you know (laughs) at first i thought my life was a tragedy but now i realize it's a tyler perry movie and that's fine and that's fine but anyways uh about the family and the lack of definition in the in their dynamics and their relationships honestly I, I I'm willing to excuse that for that first half up to a point because it is a character i I, I want to say you I say character study but again there's not too much definition on who this boy is it's just watching him you just make you, you, the, you just end up knowing he's a, you just end up seeing he's like a terrible person but I mean well you don't know, I don't think that that's I don't, I don't think that's the drive either I think the point uh, like the point is that it's He's not a terrible person. He's just a boy. He he doesn't know know, how to handle
0: conflict in his life.
1: And, like, he just, you know, one bad decision uh, snowballs into a bunch of them until, you know, know, his life is ripped out of his hands. And that's when you get this perspective flip. Yeah, Uh, and it's like... Sorry, go ahead. uh, After the boy, you know, kills, you know, his girlfriend, he gets sentenced to life in prison, which... I mean, the scene was a weird moment for me, uh, because I'm sorry, it, 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 the moment where he's, you know, he says, oh, we get life, you're getting life in prison. I thought, so I guess it's a moment of profundity where like, we realize, we see that this kid is not actually a terrible person. He just made a bunch of bad decisions that snowballed one into the other. And suddenly he's at this point and now he is going to be in jail for the rest of our lives it's shot his life it's shot like a you know uh well it's second degree murder
0: so you can get out in 30 years on parole but yes it's a life <laughs> sentence uh
1: yeah you know yeah you're supposed to i guess feel something i don't know like it, it, no. it, it's a movie that doesn't really communicate that very well anyways no yeah um, no i
0: i know I, I i get you there and i, I guess my thing was that like you know, I guess I sometimes fall into a trap where I want all my actors in movies to be logical actors and do smart things. And then I get frustrated when it's bad things and then they do, they do stupid things. And I have to remember, well, these are kids. They're not going to do the smart thing every time. But, like, I guess my thing was that... I didn't want to infer too much about the dad, and I didn't understand enough about the family to get why, like, why this would be what set him off. Like, why it's not even like he was like a star basketball player that might have like a chance at like uh, going to the pros and having like a very lucrative career, or that like you know he was from such an economic background that his family wouldn't be able to afford for him to go to college if he didn't get a wrestling scholarship. So I was just, I guess, I and presumably he had good grades. They keep talking about how he's doing his homework and getting his stuff done. I was like, this kid could go to college, presumably. Like, I don't understand why this is what sets him off and why this is like this why it builds this way when everything around him seems okay. Besides, maybe not the best relationship with his dad. And I, I don't know. It just felt like it was like wow, this is and may, maybe you're, maybe you're more right than I thought about this Tyler Perry thing because I was like, man, this is getting very melodramatic for what seems like it should be a small conflict. And I yeah, I don't know. It just was like I'm not here for this based on everything else I'm seeing around it. And I that, mm, well, I, that, that was I, my I, thing.
1: I do think it's true to life, but I do hear what you're saying mm-hmm. that you know. It doesn't. It doesn't really get into his head as much as you would want it. You don't get as much clarification on who this boy is mm-hmm. and why he's going to react to these things in this way. Like, of course, I, I, I. It's 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 kind of enough for me to know that, like, you know, he's trying to model himself after his father, and this injury, uh, where he might not be able to do wrestling again, uh, how that in and of itself can shatter this perfect image of himself. In his father's... I mean, this perfect image of himself as a mirror to his father. uh, It's like his dad would would have told him to
0: to get that surgery, I think. I don't think his dad is, like, a crazy person,
1: you know? Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just... Kids are complicated. Kids are dumb, man. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, But that being said, it is in the second half. The second half is a perspective flip where you see his younger sister, who had been out of focus for his Mm -hmm. entire... You know, this entire first half of the movie. She becomes the protagonist. And... Uh, she tries to deal with the aftermath of this kid's uh, what this kid's actions have done to the family. Uh, she ends up meeting this boy, uh, played by Lucas Hedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept thinking about that he was the other, uh, young white actor, the three named one. Um, I forgot what his name was. Anyways, uh, she ends up meeting him and they fall in love and this and that. He, uh, the, meanwhile, the parents' marriage is now on the rocks after, you know, the after effects of, right. you know, their son going and killing a girl. And, uh, in the midst of all that, she tries to build this new relationship with this boy. Um, how do you feel about this half?
0: Um, I mean, I guess I was just like, so upset by all my issues with the first half that I was just like, I was like, I was kind of happy just to like, have a story that just made a little more sense to me. It's like going Mm -hmm. on, I was able to enjoy it. And like you said, I think, I think, I I don't know if I was as bothered by some of the director's stylistic choices as you were in the first half, but I can certainly understand how they might be distracting to people, but, and he definitely tones it down in the second half. So it's like, you're just more able to focus on this story and on these characters and, I enjoyed it. I thought. I st- again. I still thought the parents should have been in it more. And I, I, it's, it feels like when they have that first scene where you all of a sudden find out that the parents are having marital problems. That's not so well into that second half of the movie. And I'm like, huh. It's like they almost forgot. Oh yeah, we have like Sterling K. Brown, who's a great actor here. Like we should probably like go back to these people and like use them for some reason. Um, and I, I know that's not how it works. Of course, he already had this script written. But like, I was like, uh, you know, like. I I would like to. Do they even know she has a boyfriend? Probably not. I guess is what we're supposed to think. Like they're really just there because we keep being told she doesn't talk to them at all. And yeah, so I don't know. I still wanted it to be like just more of a family story than it was. But again, I don't I don't know if that's a fair criticism because I guess the point is that this family's broken, and I it, it did it just felt a little more like. As for as showy as this movie is, with all of its stylistic choices, it did a lot of telling and not showing to me, I guess was my problem. And we're just, we're, we're repeatedly being told this family isn't a family anymore, and that uh, they're having all these issues and all that. Uh, but at the same time, I, we're just told that, and I don't know if there's a lot of, uh, I, I just don't know if we got to see it in a way I would have liked to have seen it, but I did enjoy, I really enjoyed her performance, I really enjoyed Lucas Hedges' performance, and I thought it was just a really, I thought they, I thought, I liked the way that they just used the Climactic event of the first half of the movie to inform that second half. I do think they did a good job of that I didn't need them to make a bunch of prison visits to go see him and talk about it or anything like that Which I, I kind of assumed was gonna happen It just I just thought like okay This guy's the main guy in this movie like we're gonna see him again, aren't we and you don't You see him for like three seconds and I thought it was gonna have to be like a lot of conversations with him about Everything that's going on in their lives and I just didn't really think I needed that and I thought we were gonna get it And we did it we saw how she was struggling in a way that was understandable and how uh, She's gonna be feel withdrawn at school and uh really kind of want to be a little upset by well, beset by her grief but also any kind of uh negative feedback you're going to get from other kids at school which is completely expected and the social media aspect of it is there but it's not overdone and I just thought they really handled her story really well and I thought their her relationship with Lucas Hedges character was really nice so I'll just say like I thought I enjoyed it more as an entire process uh they really I mean he shoots the hell out of South Florida I'll say that like, I know uh this is something that like I've become more sensitive to in film. Because I feel like I've lived in most areas of Florida now I've lived in the Panhandle for the majority of my life I spent a good most of all college and law school in Central Florida And now I've lived in South Florida for over three years So I just like I'm very sensitive now to how Florida looks And in the next movie we're going to talk about I'm going to have some criticisms in that department But like he like really gets South Florida well And I enjoyed just looking at this movie a lot And maybe that maybe some of the ways in which he shoots that Is gets at some of what bothered you But like I enjoyed looking at this movie I enjoyed their relationship I just thought like i and it's part of it might be expectations it might have just been my fault for expecting a different kind of family drama than the story he wanted to tell but it's just like when you have a guy like sterling brown sterling k brown around just giving an incredible performance like i just thought there would have been more ways they could have used him it just felt like all right we need to show that their relationship's breaking apart so let's have this one scene where she overhears her parents talking and we need to have one other like great scene where we're going to get sterling k brown an oscar so let's have him go fishing and (laughs) bear his soul to his daughter and that that was how it looked to me
1: yeah um I gotta admit, like your your, criti- your critique, I, I mostly agree with. Um, it, it, your critique with the first half, where you're like, "Oh, well, you don't really get a sense of this family uh, in in as they're being embroiled in the you know what's this guy doing, this kid doing to himself." I think that I feel that more in the in the second half. I feel the uh, the lack of definition more okay. because it's a movie called Waves, right? It's supposed to be about how this family grapples with the aftermaths of what this. What what this kid did almost like, you know, we we need to talk about Kevin kind of way. Right. Mm. But you know, like you said, we don't, I don't really get a sense of what exactly is happening. Um, the parents are entirely out of focus, which,
0: I uh, see what I'm I, saying. I know, How like, I kind of think that might be the point, but I just don't agree with that being the choice if that's, a, it was such a deliberate. Yeah. Choice.
1: And, and the thing is this girl's in her life. So, you know, if you focus in and consider this as just like a character study of this girl in the aftermath of what her brother did, Um, I mean, I still, even though I do like Taylor Russell, Taylor Russell, right? Yes. I do like her performance. Um, I do because it adds a lot to a character that I feel is kind of nothing for that entire back half of the movie. She is just girl who is kind of sad until a boy comes into her life and now she's happy. And then it's just that until you get to this conversation with Sterling K. Brown where even though I do like – like it's a scene where he talks to her openly about his marital issues and she talks about how she's feeling about what her brother had done. And they have an open, honest heart-to-heart in a way that you hadn't seen the entire rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And – I. It's a good moment in the sense that these are two people who are really, you know, selling this scene. But at the same time, it's still a movie. It's still a moment that's mired in like uh, this uh, false profundity. With this uh, Sterling K. Brown is like quoting the Bible hearkening back to a scene where they go to church in like the first ten minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels kind of hack. It feels kind of like this is the moment in the movie where we tell you what this movie was supposed to be about. After that, she goes on this journey with. Uh, so now she understands the importance of family. So she's gonna make her boyfriend. Now she go, her, yeah, she's she gonna go make her, her
0: boyfriend him. talk to his deadbeat dad. Because like that, he really needs to do that to feel at peace. I guess.
1: Yeah and then we just get like 20 minutes of that where <laughs> like he's you know taking care of his cancer riddled dad and you're supposed to i guess feel uh, like the the story like the, the like it's resolved <laughs> like the conflict is resolved that she's moved on but like it, i never got a sense of who she was in the first because place because the, the, the only two it, se-
0: the it, only two scenes we've had at that point with like in the second half of the movie with their parents are just like her overhearing them arguing and then like them at the docks and yeah her her dad as
1: they're fishing and then the very next time you see the parents they've reconciled and it's like oh was that supposed to be its own story yeah i don't know because if so it feels like nothing it feels like you've just told me they are having trouble but people when people love each other they can get over it and then they're they're good but but uh, it's just so weird because
0: like we don't see enough of them to understand that that they're at the point now or to understand that like she doesn't feel comfortable like telling them like where she's going and she's driving across the country. It's like, it seems like the parents, like would, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to get that upset. If they're like, well, I, oh, I guess the like I said earlier, we don't we to our knowledge, they probably don't even know about the boyfriend, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to go like ha- help my boyfriend, like see his dying dad. It's not like the worst, most crazy thing a kid could tell their parents, but it's like, I guess that it's deteriorated to that point, And we just had we are kind of left to like guess at that until she gets a text message from the parents freaking out but it's like you know this is like a family story and like I, we have no idea where the family actually stands i don't
1: know it's kind of weird yeah it, it's a la- it's a lack of definition that i think if even though like in the first half i'm willing to excuse because it is this slow descent into darkness that like where he's isolating himself from the people who love him mm-hmm. so it makes a sort of sense but if in the aftermath you're supposed to like you know invest it like Watch how that ripples out into the rest of the family Mm -hmm. I mean that just it didn't feel that way because on the one hand you got the parents who are completely out of focus and then on the other hand you got this girl who like is herself kind of a bit of a cipher herself and like you know she gets she falls in love with this boy and then works out her issues with family through him I guess I don't know man
0: I I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that per se. Yeah, it's like a guy's kind of helping rescue her or whatever, but she just needs a friend or a boyfriend, anything. You know, I understand, like—and if they want to make that choice with the script, that's fine. Like, I kind of buy that, like, she would almost, like, be in such a dark place where she's not going to be showing a ton of personality and you're not
1: going to— Yeah, but my point is that, I mean— you get no real sense of who she was in the beginning to begin with. Yeah. Cause they so only focused have, on her brother. Yeah. And now we don't have anything more than she is, uh, trying to deal with the aftermath of what he's doing and then immediately gets a boyfriend. And then you get kind of a repeat of the first, you know, 30 minutes of the movie where like the guy is like with his girlfriend and he's happy. And it just becomes that it becomes her saying, Hey, I love animal collective. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, yeah, we get it. You're down with the kids. You know what they're listening to. You got your finger on the pulse. I get it, Schultz. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like, you know, it, it, it then becomes lost in that. Like it doesn't like the next time you ever get a sense that uh, the only time you ever get a sense of what this what these actions have, how these how this boy's actions have affected his family is with the scene with uh, Sterling K. Brown at the docks at their, as they're fishing and like an overheard argument between the dad and the mom, yeah. and that's it. So I, what am I left with? I'm, I'm, I'm left with just kind of a, a tepid romance, like a soundtrack to a romance movie, and that's it.
0: Yeah, you're, I mean, again, you're not going to get a whole lot of argument from me. I was I was just very disappointed overall. I wanted more. I, I, I think it's worthwhile to do a story like this where people realize how important family is and— how, you know, they should be there for each other and want to confide in each other. And I, I, I just, I didn't really like the way they got there. And um, it's, it's a shame because, like you said, when you have performances, it's incredible. And a director that obviously has a lot of talent, but uh, maybe just didn't harness it in the right way here. I liked It Comes Tonight a lot more than you did. Um, and I really like Kreisha, even though that's probably a little bit in the same way where he's, like, showing off with the camera because it all takes place in one house. Um, it's just, I I just don't really think it came together here in a way that I particularly liked um do you have have any other thoughts before we i I have a couple final thoughts but is there anything else on your mind on this one
1: no not really man it's just a lot of style very little substance and i hope that at one point a24 uh, stops funding these, you know, art house Tyler Perry movies. No, you know no, what I mean? no, no, that's harsh. I'm, that's tired harsh. No, I, I'm tired of this. I'm tired. I want him to I, I,
0: like, ma- I want him to get the chance to keep making movies like this, and hopefully, he'll no, get it right. no, yeah.
1: I'd rather. I'd I'd rather we all just saw Marvel movies that have to go sit through another damn. Like, oh, this isn't. A melodrama this is this is true All well h24 right. is not gonna fund no, a marvel God.
0: movie you, you, they better they, it's as long i'm happy if they can be making money and then funding movies of this scope until you know they really hit on one which they hate they hit on a lot of movies i mean you, you mm. hate moonlight but i mean that, that that's your thing uh, one other thing i'll say is that i i mentioned a little bit about the geography earlier there's like a thing where like you know it's cheaper to shoot movies, and I don't know. Trey, Trey Schultz lives in Orlando. I don't know why he's he's from Texas, but for some reason he lives in Orlando. So I guess he
1: might have just wanted to make a movie in Florida. I don't. Oh, he lives in Orlando. Yeah uh i'm gonna go egg his fucking house (laughs) he made me sit through this and it comes at night nah um he does yeah
0: i I, I, for for, even as i said that i forgot that that's where you live but um i don't know why i I guess that might have something to do he might have other i think his. maybe i think his. i don't know i I, don't quote me on this but i've listened to a few interviews with him and i think maybe his girlfriend's from south florida so maybe that's why he wanted to set it down here because i know he took from a lot of experiences from people in his life for this movie but it's cheaper to shoot movies in louisiana and georgia So a lot of times movies will shoot there and try and call it Florida, and it, like, sticks out like a sore thumb to me because I'm so intimately familiar with this state. And, like, he really gets what South Florida looks like because a lot of people think that, like, you know— it's just all beaches and South Beach and stuff like that. But, like, it t- this, the, the family lives in Davie, I guess. So that's where the business is because you see it on the dad's shirt. And, like, Davie is just like a suburb. It looks like any other suburb. And uh, a lot of the roads they go down in this movie, they really look like that. They actually shot in the Broward County courthouse. When they have – right before they go to the courthouse scene, I, from time to time, on a not-irregular basis, I have to, go to my, I have to go to court there for my – other job uh or my uh my actual job and like it, it was literally clear as day that they actually shot in that courthouse just based on the hallway that you see before they go into the courtroom you see two different trains the bright line which is our high-speed rail that goes from miami to fort lauderdale to west palm that's going to go to orlando in a couple years like they show that train they show the other one of the other industrial trains that you know is always there like they just like he just like and it, it's not too showy about it. Like, you see this stuff for, like, three seconds, and it's like, all right, like, he's not fucking faking Florida, which I appreciate this. It's more of a me thing, though, than I think a lot of lots of people are going to notice. But I just appreciate it because it just looks fake as crap when people try and call something Florida that's, like, very clearly not Florida. So I give Trey Edward Schultz, like, so, at least a little bit of credit for that. And... It's still, like... And I, I thought he was going to, like, really... It, to me, it was about the border on being Barry Jenkins cosplay when, in the first half, when they're at the water and you show, see them in the water and you think he's going to go for that same kind of light that's, like, the really famous shot from Moonlight when you see the young Chiron in the water. And he doesn't go there. He... uh like it, it, it just looks a little different. Like it still looks like Florida to me.
1: Oh, uh, uh, no, he he went there. It was, it, so? it was very, it was, Barry, it was very chicken like, oh yeah, the another fucking like two people in the water, fucking like in that shot, shot in the same way, it, it's framed in the it, same it, it way. Wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was, but like
0: no, but the light was different. That's what I'm saying. The light was different. It it, it, it could have been worse. Mm, this is
1: a, it's just more A24 house style, man. Ah, uh, okay, fine. You're getting suckered
0: uh no i, I guess i'm I, I guess i'm i guess i'm um i'm already i'm already uh um i've been branded a a24 bro i guess i guess i just can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't shake it even if they, I, hey, I don't, I I don't like that on you. yeah i don't know but i, I don't I, I just thought there were a lot of shots where like the the lighting just was like okay that's that's something that like i feel like i see all the time down here and at least he gets that if nothing else but anything else or you're ready to move on yeah, let's move on. All right. So anyone that's just rejoined us, we just finished our discussion on waves. I Again, I uh, I want movies like this to keep make, getting made. Uh, it doesn't seem like Daniel does, but I would still say, like, go see it anyway if you have nothing better to do. And But, I mean, I wish I could have given it a more ringing endorsement than I did. Queen and Slim. Uh, Queen and Slim is the, uh, new movie from first-time director, uh, Melina Matsukis, who, uh, has done, like, a lot of music videos with, like, Beyonce and Rihanna and stuff like that, so that's kind of where she got her street cred, and then she got the chance to make this movie, which is written by Lena Waithe. It, uh, stars Daniel Kalulia and Jodie Turner-Smith, two, uh, British people playing African-Americans, and it follows the, uh, we, we don't learn the names of these characters till the end of the movie, so for the sake of our discussion, are you okay just calling them Queen and Slim? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So, I mean, that could get a little confusing. But uh, – uh, and, and wherever you see the plot written up, they refer to them as like Queen and Slim. So uh, – but yeah, Queen is a, a criminal defense attorney, and she goes on a Tinder date with Slim, played by Daniel Coolia, and they're at a diner in Ohio. And it's awkward, but it's actually probably like a – it's still like a pretty fun scene, I guess, in a way where they're trying to feel each other out, even though it's not really going – the date itself isn't going so great on the ride home. They get uh, stopped by a cop, which uh, is uh, obviously a very tense moment whenever uh, two black people are stopped by a cop, and uh, the stop goes just about as bad as the police stop possibly could because it's a racist white cop, uh, played by Sturgill Simpson, who's like a pretty uh well-known uh musical artist these days even though not someone i'm super familiar with but like that might be a thing for people notice uh things go really badly he shoots queen in the leg uh then slim shoots the cop dead in self-defense and uh then our characters uh have to go on the run uh i don't know daniel i I, this is an interesting movie because i think when people saw the uh trailer uh it looked like almost like a a straight thriller that gets kind of weird. There's a, like, I think there's at one point, like a needle drop moment in the trailer where all of a sudden, like, staying Alive starts playing, and it just looks like these characters are just going to have, like, this uh, really kind of intense movie where it's, like, nonstop, and they're on the run and all that. And I don't really think this movie is a straight thriller. It's uh, kind of different than what I was expecting going in. Uh, I know you really enjoyed this movie, so what about it resonated with you the most?
1: Well, Queen of Slim is the kind of movie that I've always wanted to see. I've always wanted to see a road movie that uh, charted how Black people see America. The point of the road movie is to go for these characters to go to these different destinations and paint a portrait of the land that they're traveling through uh, in a way that's unique to them and speaks to what it is at that moment. And I've always wanted to see that done from a Black perspective because we have a very different view of this country than, uh, you know, most people, most white people do. And this movie, I think, really managed to beautifully do that. It captures how we see America. I, uh, it seemed like the kind of trailer that was assembled by people who didn't really understand what the movie was going for, which can work in two ways. It could mean that either this movie is something, uh, something fresh and new in a way that admin can't really figure out how to cut into two minutes of Go see this movie, mm-hmm. or it could mean that it's a it's a pile of garbage. Either way, it looked like it was going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, and I had heard coming, I've heard, I'd heard uh, going in that there were these, you know, kind of mixed reviews. People saying that they didn't like the script. I didn't really. Know I saw a lot of what crit- about it.
0: I I got kind of worried because it just took me a while to actually get to to the movie because it just wasn't the kind of thing I was going to go see with my family over uh, Thanksgiving when I was home. That was a good call, (laughs) good call. And I was like – I kept seeing a lot of criticism from black people online who, uh, and I was like, I, I was like, then it just kind of like black critics. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I, I, in my head, it just kept my gears kept turning about what that could possibly mean. And I kept making some assumptions in my head and I was worried I was going to have stuff spoiled for me. I saw stuff about white saviors in it. And then I just, I, 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 tried to really shut out the, all the noise about the movie, but it was just like a weird thing. I didn't see coming as someone that was like, just kind of worried about going to see it with a bunch of white people over the holidays. There wasn't the crowd I was expecting to see criticism from. There was just a lot of discourse going on for sure.
1: Yeah, I didn't tune into any of it. I walked in just knowing that my friend had really liked it, and I was like, "All right, let's go see." And what I what I got out of it was, I think it's one of the best movies of the decade, man. Wow. Genuinely, okay. genuinely, it's like fighting for first place uh, for the year at least with like eight other movies.
0: Well, so. Uh you talked about the trailer and how you thought it would be interesting. So what 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 did, what was it about what the movie actually was that either upended your expectations or just that you connected with the most as someone that like is going to watch a movie where black people drive across America?
1: Well, yeah, it is a movie, a road movie from a black perspective, mm-hmm. which I've always wanted to see. Um, I this year actually I had seen in theaters. Um, what was it called? The you know Easy Rider, and that was a movie that you know, had its finger on the pulse of what America was at that time, you know, in the throes of the counterculture, uh, a time where like young people felt freer than they ever had before. And there was all these, you know, optimism about the world and what we could experience in it in the same way. I think that this movie really does speak to how black people view America in 2019. Yeah. Uh, Can I stop
0: you there for a second? Cause I actually have a point I wanted to make when you when we were talking before we started recording when you made that point before when you say it's about how black people kind of see America one of my favorite parts of this movie is that there is just a uh, there's just like a common understanding with every single black person that they encounter and like this regardless of how they these people feel about the act that they've committed there's just like a baseline understanding with that goes unspoken about like what they're going through the point the point at which that is best encapsulated as great as I think that scene is when they're in the I don't even know if they call it the tavern or the club where they go dancing. Uh, Yeah, they go to like
1: some kind of like saloon. (laughs) I don't don't, know, dive bar, saloon, whatever.
0: I mean, that's a great scene in of itself. But when they stop with the mechanic and they need to get the car fixed, and I we need to have a whole other discussion about that guy's kid and what that Mm. protest scene happens because that's a very Mm. divisive scene. But specifically, their interactions with this mechanic, who's like this older, presumably somewhat more conservative guy, (laughs) and just the way he sees the world, and he's like, I don't approve of what y'all did. But it's never a question that he's not ever going to turn them in at the same time. You know, he's like, I'm not going to celebrate you or anything like that. But he, but he's still going to like just take their money and let them go along their way. And I love that. I was like, OK, even this guy kind of gets that, like, yeah, these people didn't do anything wrong. He might like really see the world a different way than they do. But there's never a question that he's going to, like, call the cops on him. And I love that about yeah, that.
1: That's a very interesting point that you made, because it genuinely had never even could con- it had never even like struck me that that might have been the case i was just like yeah of course he's not well, he was
0: very disapproving of them but at the same time that's never even a thought at, at the first place they're not even they're not worried about showing their faces there, walking around the building like they're not like worried that he's gonna turn them in it's just like there's this understanding that all the black people have that come into contact with each other in this movie that like yeah like i mean until the very end i guess but i mean uh yeah, but yeah. like but yeah we we, we got to look out for these folks you know
1: yeah so um going pulling back a little bit so queen and slim the characters. Mm-hmm. I had heard criticism about the script. And at first I sort of thought that that was what was going to like at first during that first diner scene, there's a little bit of clunky dialogue. I'll admit um, where she's like clearly the haughty holy uh, uppity, like holier than thou type. And he's a more down to earth, you know, like at one point, like they're having this, you know, dinner at a diner and she's like, is this the only restaurant you could afford? And in my head, I'm like, Nobody, 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 nobody would, would say, that say that on the yeah. first date. On, an, on like date, a real, you know.
0: real asshole, bad person to, like, say that to someone on a date.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's it it it, it, it comes across as a little bit inauthentic, but honestly, I do think that this movie does, uh, after that moment, once they go out and get on the run, I, I, I understand that it is just a, meant to be a clean delineation of who these people are and the roles that they've set for themselves in a white world, and after that, you know, once they, you know, fully are immersed in the black experience, you know, they're uh, in the form of this journey to try to make it across the border, try to make it to safety. Um, They let down these sort of uh, uh, barriers that they've made for themselves and just, you know, fully live as people. Like, I think that it was really brilliant. Beyond that, I want to say that the soundtrack, I know I've been criticizing Waves for like how it overused its soundtrack and how it was just, you know, a bunch of really popular, like, songs that kids listen to, <laughs> but just a lot of it. Yeah, Here, I think that it is used far more effectively to paint a, you know, a uh, a sort of mixtape for black America. You've got gospel music as they're driving through like Alabama and such. They stop at this blues bar in Mississippi and they're listening to, you know, the blues and there there's jazz and there's 2000s trap and there's current releases. And it, it, it paints like it, it, the musical landscape of this movie charts black music from the 50s uh, onward. And it's, I thought, really powerful and really effective Mm -hmm.
0: yeah well no i i I enjoyed i mean i enjoyed the the soundtrack for sure and i can again it it didn't bother me like it did you in waves but like it certainly seemed like it was integrated really well i i i would agree on that point yeah i think
1: i think i was told that there was an interview where the the director melina mitsukas she said that that was the aim she wanted to uh have each song like kind of give you an impression of where they are at that moment. So like, you know, when they first get in this, uh, they lent this, this car, like, you know, this blinged out car on, you know, 24th and it starts playing, I think Paul wall or something like this 2000s, uh, Southern rap shit. And I'm like, Oh man that's that that's solid that puts me right into that mindset you know
0: i i I I certainly like the mood of this movie i guess one thing where at least i've seen some criticism in a couple places though and as much as i like the mood i i i i I wasn't totally dismissive of the criticism but some people said you know i think this movie should have chosen uh to be one thing or the other it it should have decided like was it going to be a thriller or or was it going to just be like i don't know like a, a a straight more of a a straight road trip kind of movie because you know Mm. i mean so they're not they're not being super urgent this is a really important point i think like uh they're not moving with like the urgency necessarily of people on the run and uh they, they keep stopping to have like these other kind of moments and just experience life and i kept thinking about that as it's happening and i'm like well should i be like put off by the fact that they're doing this when they should just like maybe not be like hanging out the window of a car when they're like the most wanted people in america or like right trespassing and riding a horse which i'm sure you were all
1: for uh oh yeah i'm all uh, you know you know at that <laughs> moment be, Paul, this movie's yeah that was i hear what you're saying but here's the thing about yeah, but, that this movie takes place in a sort of heightened world yeah and it is supposed to be a movie that is allegorical to the black experience in America. Right? they? They need
0: to grab these moments when they can.
1: Exactly. Yes. Like these are moments where they have to find, you know, levity mm-hmm. and beauty and life and uh, love in a world that actively hates them and wants them dead uh that is the point like that is why they keep making these little stops because they and trying to grab seize moments where they can well, that,
0: that was the other thing that's i really liked about this movie was that as a white person because you know that's the perspective that really matters when talking about this movie <laughs> was the, um, of course, of course. I, I i kept i kept thinking about how every time i had any kind of criticism about how these actors were acting i was forced to look inward and or how these characters were acting i was forced to look inward part of it is those moments we were just talking about whether it be stopping to ride the horse or stopping to go out of the way to go visit a grave, a, a grave site or, you know, stopping to go dancing at a dive bar or something like that, where none of it made sense. And I'm like, wait, is this a really realistic, smart plot choice? Like, should this be happening? And then you have to pull yourself out and think like, look, these people, this is like you said, this is an allegory for black America where everything's stacked against them and you're going to take the good moments where they happen. But it even goes beyond that. Cause I, I, I was super, I, I, even, despite the fact that I'm a lawyer, that's been to law school and should know more about the criminal justice system than your average moviegoer, I even. Even I was like stupid enough to be like, when they first went on the run, I'm like, well, isn't the videotape just going to exonerate them? The cop shot first. Like I was dumb enough to have that
1: thought for a minute. Yeah, I don't trust. that. I'm like, no, no, no. no yeah, I don't and, trust that. Right, you got to get out of there.
0: Yeah, I know. And I, I mean, like. Uh, that was my initial reaction though like as a naive white person even even though like i should know more about how these things work than your average white moviegoer i even thought that for a second i'm like nope that's a dumb assumption for you to make josh you shouldn't think that they should they're totally right to think that like they're going to be turned into the bad guys here and so that's why they go on the run in the first place and there are moments like that where like they just like made choices and at a certain point i'm like you know like maybe they should just like bear their soul to this sheriff that seems really nice and maybe he'll help them. Like I keep having thoughts like that. And I'm like, Nope, that's stupid too. And I keep, it's just like, you got to like act as you see how these
1: actors yeah, go. No, I would have never, I would have never trust. I don't, I was looking at that scene where there's a scene like shortly after the shooting mm-hmm. where they, um, they need they run out of gas and so they get a lift into town mm-hmm. from this white man who ends up being a sheriff. And as soon as he pulls up in that pickup truck wearing the flannel, at that moment I was like, yo, don't get in the car, don't get in the car, mm. wait for the next one. This isn't a good idea. And then he sees the badge, he goes, Oh shit. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it would be like really easy to lie to him and be like, I triple A's coming. We're just waiting. Thanks though.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would have not taken that risk, man. Oof. Uh <sighs> Oh, real quick, I just yeah. noticed that I do. I have seen one thing that this lady has directed before. She did the music video for Moneymaker from 2006. That's basically the only thing that I've you seen. You never from saw the music video for We Got
0: Love, the Rihanna song?
1: I never saw that. I never saw the formation video. Yeah, the formation video, I know people say that they love. And I, I'll admit here that even though I don't really get the critiques, the constant critiques of the script that I keep hearing about, Um, I do think that this is a movie where, yeah, the direction is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I think that it's a movie where the style of this movie where it's uh, I believe it was shot on actual film, which Mm. I think shows and uh, uh, like the sort of music video aesthetic uh, does inform what this movie is trying to be about. It doesn't distract okay. from it.
0: Okay, then let's talk about that protest scene then, because, I mean, we didn't really talk about that, and that's received, mm-hmm. like, the most criticism so, so far. Is that I'm going to end it here.
1: This is the one scene where I'm like, I get the critiques. I mean, it's, it's, intercut, I
0: already, it's intercut with the first time they have sex, and it is, uh, then it shows the mechanic's son is kind of almost leading a protest against the cops in that is inspired by Queen and Slim's actions, because people are, they become a bit of a martyr or hero in the black community over the course of this movie. And... You have the uh, mechanic's son is uh, very angry, and he ends up uh, shooting a black cop, and it's interspliced with Queen and Slim having sex for the first time in their car. Uh, wh- what, I don't know, what did you make of that? Because I, I, I almost didn't feel qualified to say whether that was in poor taste or not, but like I could understand why it would have rubbed people the wrong way.
1: Yeah, I'll admit that. Even though I really do love this movie, and I would implore people to see it, this is the one scene that I can't square away. I I don't like it. I don't like the scene. It feels weirdly respectability politicsy. It feels like a look at what their actions have wrought. You know, they they you know they get celebrated. They go and they had you know they're on this adventure. They become martyrs and on. All- all this look at what their actions directly inspired it inspires a child to go shoot a black man in the face it feels it feels wrong and then it, then it feels also seems wrong like it doesn't...
0: it also seems like it's putting an example of like what the worst the worst people think black lives matter is it's like giving exactly
1: yeah yeah it, it doesn't it, it is in poor taste and i i i i i don't i don't like it it's a testament to how much i yeah, like the rest of yeah, the movie yeah. That I really don't like this scene, but I still really love the movie as a whole.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. If
1: this is if this is the crux of people's critique of the movie, uh, I would get it. But I would also argue that it succeeds in so many other areas that I, I'm willing to give it a pass mm-hmm. there.
0: Yeah, we we kind of actually skipped over. Um, we skipped over uh, their first stop after they actually like have to. They kind of. Actually, get their transportation act figured out, at least to get down to Louisiana. They stop at the house of Queen's uncle, played by Bokeem Woodbine. Who mm. is he? A, is he a pimp? Is he a drug dealer? I'm not really sure, but he uh, he has some resources. I gather,
1: from what I gathered, from I gathered, uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and He is. By the way, I just want to. I don't know how we skipped over him because he is. Amazing. Basically, every single thing he said, I loved. I love <laughs> the character. I like that it is a image of a black man who is th- not. They don't glorify him. He is still like a bad man mm-hmm. who, like you know, is a pimp who hits women, and it, it's it's portrayed who killed on a woman. Blem- I mean, who's killed a woman, and it's all shown to like in an un, uh, 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 warts and all portrayal. Like he is not necessarily a good man that being said he is a man who has been directly impacted by you know he's the reason he is the man he is is because he has been living to try to survive in white america uh there's a, there they, they point out that he had been uh, over in iraq and like you know he suffered from ptsd when he came back and he didn't have the resources available to him to you know i i do think that the movie uh even, even though like he is like kind of, a, you know, com- comedic relief, I think that it does take the opportunity to use him as a, uh, another reflection of a facet of black life in America. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it, it also tells you a lot about her too, uh, about, uh, Queen as a character that, you know, and cause you, you, we know that, uh, we know that Slim comes from like a loving family and, uh, it's, kind of reflected in the way he's like always trying to figure out if he's going to, how he's going to get back to talk to them and how he doesn't even want to leave them in the first place. And, uh, you, you learn a lot about her just by the fact that like, that's basically her only real family at this point and that she got him out of jail and how she sees the world that like she would, uh, that she would even do that in the first place. Like it's a, it's an interesting way to tell you a lot about a character without having to like, just do it all in a very exposition, exposition, kind of way. Um, that, that she would have that kind of relationship with him, that she would get him off from killing her mom. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was, he was super entertaining, but at the same time, like his presence served a
1: larger purpose, which I appreciated. Yeah, I agree. And also again, super entertaining. I loved him. Speaking of which, uh, I I also want to give a shout out to whoever the, there's a scene early on in the movie where like, uh, just as they go on the run where, uh, Slim ends up running into this black. The, to this black man who's without with his son mm-hmm. and uh that is a comedic set piece like i have not laughed that much in a movie this year i don't think
0: yeah people uh people some people criticized that scene because they didn't like the language that
1: was used i, I can't remember was it that he kept calling uh, the because like because he, he, he kept like, calling the kid's mom a yeah, bitch it, yeah exactly yeah i mean here's the thing i get it but also it was it's true to life it's, yeah. it's true to life, and it was it was funny. <laughs> like uh, at one point, like he, you know, he's like, uh, "Damn, you sound like me and my bitch." You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I get, I the, get objecting to the language, but also it's just it's right. just. I mean, like, tr- people, it people, feels people, like a truly lived-in moment.
0: Yeah, people, uh, I'm sure people talk like that. You got to just like understand that like it doesn't mean Lena Waithe says it's like thinks it's like great if people use that language, but like you can play it for humor too. I don't think that's totally out of line uh yeah i and, don't think
1: that i don't think that the movie is agreeing with him when yeah, he says
0: i don't it. yeah i i know i'm in agreement with you there and i think that i think it is a testament to the movie that like it somehow takes the time to have a lot of funny moments even that i mean that guy was just a funny presence but like even between queen and slim there are some funny moments too
1: and that it it kind of i, I don't <laughs> that I, where, there's a the moment there's a the moment where he's like uh if if uh would would we have had a second date? And she says no. He's like, "Damn!" You know, he <laughs> plays it. He plays it so well. They're they're both brilliant. Uh, it's uh, Daniel Kaluuya and I'm sorry. Who was the actress? Her name
0: is Jodie Turner Smith. I mean, she's been in like a few things, but like this is like obviously the first time most
1: people are seeing her. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, she was in the Neon Demon. Uh, I, what an au- an auspicious start.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't. I I mean, I I haven't seen that movie in over three years. Uh, but I don't. So I don't really remember what she did in it. But yeah, this is the first thing that people are really gonna obviously uh remember her for uh and i guess i guess my next question for you then would be uh i i, I really think we can actually have a separate spoiler section about the end of it because mm-hmm. I, I that's a pretty clear spoiler area i don't know how how much further i want to get into their road trip though uh i felt fine talking about that protest scene but i uh, i would say now is actually a decent time point for people to kind of go away and um and come back after if you see the end of the movie because I want to talk about some of the last stops on their trip and that gets into a little spoilery section because you really don't know where the movie's headed. Um, But, uh, yeah, so her uncle, uh, oh, I forgot, what is what is Bokeem Woodbine's character's name? Uh, uncle Earl. Uncle Earl, uh, for a guy as black as he is, has some really resourceful white friends. And <laughs> um, Yeah,
1: and, I, wasn't enti- I wasn't entirely sure on like how he knew. They were military oh, buddies. no, they, served together. they yeah, served together. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, he, he, he made some pretty resourceful friends in the military that kind of directs them to get them down to uh, Miami, where they're going to get on a, a plane to get to Cuba. And uh, I actually one of the one of the other uh, criticisms I saw like when I was just trying to avoid all th- content about the movie before I saw it was that you know you, you, like that it was like a white savior thing which I, I didn't really agree with either. It's just like these people are on the run and they're going to go for help where they can, you know. And uh, I thought that yeah, the scene, the and, the, scene, and
1: the scene, and I think that this, I think the scene also does illustrate white liberalism's view of Black America, where they're willing to help if they can, but also not, not, not really that willing you know what i mean like the the wife is putting up resistance at every turn uh, she, uh, I didn't, it, I
0: didn't actually take it as like a white liberal critique. I, I, I it, at the moment, like not the same way, like get out was where it was very clearly like critiquing those kind of people. Like, yeah, it's pretty,
1: not as, po- I mean, it's not as pointed. These are pretty like,
0: like down home Southern folk on like the surface. It was like, so I, I didn't necessarily see it as someone that like was holding themselves out as like a liberal that was just doing a nice thing. Like I could see how you might see it that way that it just didn't strike me like that in the moment. It was like, I, I totally understand why like mean someone wouldn't want to like put themselves, uh, in that situation, I mean, like, or, you yeah, know. I
1: mean, like, the wife is like, you know, I don't, you bring this into our home and this and that. Even though she totally, she totally like understands their position, she still is unwilling to put her neck out on the line right. for them. No, it makes yeah, sense. You yeah. might understand it, but it also it's an it's an it's a common refrain from white people about you know, social justice.
0: Mm No, yeah.
1: They're not willing, they're willing, they're willing to go as far. I think that it's, you know, why liberals are willing to, you know, say that they support social justice and they're willing to say that they don't like racism and, you know, they don't like the current social order on, you know, and they're willing to say that as long as it doesn't inconvenience them, as long as it doesn't follow them home, which black people don't have that luxury, but you know, so it goes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the movie is as pointed because ultimately these are like, well, at least the man is a well-meaning character, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it, I think that it is definitely a, a knock on white liberalism. But I,
0: yeah, and then I actually thought, but I do, I do also think that like that whole sequence though was like uh, really effectively tense. Uh, once they like, I mean, they kind of telegraph it where they show like that one white lady looking at them suspiciously as they like go into the uh, as they go into the house. It's like so you know you know it's coming like you know that yeah. like, someone's going to show up there. But like, I mean you really don't know where the movie's headed at that point. And it, 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 to see them, like, actually have to, like, hide like they do, and then it's, like, uh, that was another moment where I was like, is this kind of dumb? Like, because I, I do think it's, like, kind of, like, again, it goes back to what you were just saying about you don't know actually know how far out these people are willing to stick their neck. So I, for a moment, I'm thinking, like, look, they're they're not going to find you in this compartment in the bed. Do you really need to, like, keep going? And I guess it ultimately wouldn't have mattered based on the way the movie ends. They probably, if they're ultimately headed down that way anyway, it, it, it just... Doesn't really hurt them one way or the other. It doesn't affect their, their eventual outcome that they don't just hang out there until the cops go away. But the cops searched that room and then they left. So they could have just hung out in that room and for another eight hours and then they might have been fine. But it's like, all right, we're gonna jump out this window. And I'm like, God, like this is super tense. And then like when they actually finally get in that garage and then um, the black cop lets them go, I was like, I, I, I don't know. You, I have no idea what that guy was gonna do in that moment. Even though like I said, I already kind of enjoyed that like every black person was like down for the cause the whole movie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so like i i don't know like I, it was it was just, I, I don't know i just thought it was very well done and it was really tense and like you said yeah it is really like interesting the way it handles those white characters and yeah i, I don't know I, it made sense that they might have to rely on a white person at some point and you don't really know how good of an idea that is
1: <laughs> yeah i think that it i think that it was a well-designed scene and i think that it did speak to our relation black people's relationship with white america i i thought that it was good yeah
0: (laughs) can well can i can i back up for one minute before we go to like just the the very end um uh because we briefly we kind of brushed over it what and i think there probably is a little more to say about it what did you think of the scene at the dive bar
1: oh yeah i thought it was brilliant granted of course i i loved blues music so like Mm -hmm. you know the moment they step into this like the one blues bar still standing in the south Mm -hmm. like i'm like all right i don't truthfully i'm not entirely sure how common hole in the wall dive bars playing blues music frequented by old and young people Mm -hmm. are but you know i'm willing to accept it because it's a great scene i think that it's uh another one of these moments where like you know they have to grab whatever little enjoyment comes their way uh living in a white man's world. And uh, I think that it's done beautifully. I think it ties into how this film uses black music in order to chart uh, the black experience in America. Uh, They're in, I believe, Mississippi, right? So it makes sense for you to walk into a blues bar, hear some blues, get that off the checklist, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought it was a sensual scene. I thought it was really, really well done. It gets you hot under the collar. Which mm-hmm. is what's the intent? They go and they have a slow dance to the mm-hmm. blues music, you know. Uh, Yeah. Any other yeah, yeah, moment where the bartender is like,
0: "Yeah, you're safe here." Which, I mean, goes back to the whole, I mean, reverse underground railroad thing the movie has going on. It was just kind of a cool moment where he says that, she says that, and then he just looks around and just like surveys the whole place yeah, and just good. Yeah, realizes good. They, yeah. they they found a temporary haven, and that's just a cool moment. Um, And you don't have a lot of time left, so I want to I want to get to the Florida portion of this movie. Um, is they have to go down and th- their ultimate uh, spot where they're going to get saved is, the, uh, is down in South Florida where you can catch the plane to Cuba and they have to go down there. I'm just going to be very brief with this. I, 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 when I was t- going on and on about waves and how some movies don't shoot Florida well, this movie did not shoot Florida well very, my, well, very well in my opinion or just kind of <laughs> insulted anyone that has any sense of Florida geography at all.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to be real with you. Uh, I live in Orlando. I've lived in Orlando all my life, and it didn't raise any eyebrows for me.
0: Okay. Well, again, I've lived all around the state. I've lived in the 850 where they stop for the mechanic. That thing has 850 in the building, so we're supposed to think they're in the panhandle. And cause the whole panhandle basically is the 850 area code. And then all of a sudden they're walking with that kid down by the water. And it's like, I guess they could have been like very South in the panhandle by the water. And then that'd be one thing, except like it would make no sense for them to go like that far South if they're ending, if they end up going to Georgia. And so that really bugged me. And then when they're down in Florida, finally, after they've escaped from the house in Georgia and they're going South, they're supposed to be driving South in Florida. And then the massive body on the water on the right, presumably the ocean it's on the right and they're going South. And the ocean should be on the left. And that really bugged the shit out of me, too. Just saying. Maybe it was a lake. That was like a really fucking big ass lake. I guess I was like, "Is that Lake Okeechobee?" I don't know, but it's like, no, they're coming from Savannah, so they're not going to be in the middle of the state.
1: This is a very—I'm going to tell you, this is a very niche complaint, man. I
0: know, just saying, like <laughs> it just stuck out like a sore thumb. Like they're fucking in Louisiana, aren't they? Like I knew they were in Louisiana, and then sure enough, they movie shot in Louisiana. Like I had to check it after. So mm-hmm. just some, just some like things that like bother me a little bit. But then they get down to South Florida, and. um I don't know. What, what did you think about how the movie chose to wrap up? They, they get handed they up. Um, it looks like they're going to make it. And then they get sold out by, uh, the one black person in the movie that is, uh, not down for the cause and then bitch ass
1: motherfucker yeah yeah. you always have there's always a couple you gotta watch out you can't Mm -hmm. just assume Mm -hmm. everyone's down for the cause so i've Um, seen some
0: people think that like hey i maybe it's realistic that these people are just gonna end up getting shot but uh well that's what some of the other common criticisms are which i guess it seems like i've maybe read a little more of this than you but some people think it's just like trying to like kind of go all in on i don't know Black martyrdom, black suffering, and it could have just like it didn't have to end that way. I mean, did it? But it um, well, did it I will agree you? that it
1: didn't have to end that way because there are movies like the, uh, the the this movie. I honestly, I don't know why I didn't just immediately rewatch this movie after I got out. You can't help but think about sweet sweetback after seeing this movie. Sweet sweetback's badass song, 1971. It was the movie that started black exploitation. It was an indie movie okay. about a black man who kills a cop, goes on the run. Very much the same way the movie was pitched as uh, I believe in the the, the credits it says starring starring Mario Van Peebles and you the black community you know mm-hmm. uh, it's a movie it was a movie made for by and for black audiences uh, in order to show a side of the country that doesn't get shown on film and uh, that movie ends with I mean spoiler alert for a movie that came out fifty years ago. That's – a damn, 50 years ago. Anyways, mm. this – it's a movie. Uh, it ends with him crossing the border into Mexico, mm. and it was like a triumphant moment uh, for black audiences. People cheered in the theaters. Uh, Roger Ebert said that it was what made the difference between exploitation and uh, true art was that this movie ended with the black man getting away with it, which – in a white movie just wouldn't have happened. They would have had all these diversions, but then ultimately the black guy would have to lose. Hmm. Um, And in this movie, I I understand people's – I understand being annoyed at the ending to an extent because a part of me is just like I I want them to go free. But the fact is it's a movie that is a portrait of black America in 2019. And the fact is black America in 2019 – it's very cynical it's a cynical world it's a world that hates black people so yeah the fact that, like the fact that they get gunned down just when they're on when they seem to be in the clear that tracks that tracks for me in a way that uh, it's sad and i don't like it but it tracks yeah and so, and a, another
0: um, naive white person thing that happened with me was like uh not the fact that they got sold out and they were going to be caught but the fact that like that the cops were so quick on the trigger when they were unarmed i was like this seems like this woman. Just
1: no, like, are you, bro? Come on, no, come no, on! No, not, not even kidding? that. Not, not even that. They just killed a. They just killed a UPS dude. I, I know that guy wasn't black, but like that, they just killed like a UPS guy. You know, when, going, hiding under. You know. Uh, people's cars on the freeway using them as cover yeah, I know. like yo yeah, yeah. no there's no. been so
0: many instances of like unarmed black people being shot but it was like it was so clear that they were unarmed too that was yeah. like it's like yeah, it's man. like yeah. no, i know but it's yeah. like a lot of times yeah. it happens where it's like it, uh, no believe me I'm, not, I'm 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 never like really on the cop side in these things but it's like they'll have the argument that like oh it's dark and i thought they were like reaching for something and they're just like standing out there in broad daylight and yeah. like the yeah but it was like the woman don't. pulls her trigger by accident almost and i was like oh come on like could it have been like I don't know. It just seemed like, it, then I was like, nope, that would probably actually happen. Like, I had a moment where yeah. I was like, oh, that just seems like a little too like convenient for the movie to get to its point. I'm like, no, that actually could probably happen. Like, I caught yeah, myself. I I, I, that, yeah, I, I don't yeah, think I caught myself good, good you from thinking caught that. Yourself. Yeah, I caught good myself caught from thinking yourself. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just like, like a quick thought I had. I was like, would that, yeah, no, that would probably happen. I was like, oh,
1: yeah. But. A, that was incredibly true to life. And then they say in the news report that they drew on him, and nobody believes it. Nobody believes it. Everyone knows the deal, everyone knows mm-hmm. the score. Yeah, I thought that it was true to life. I understand people being a little disappointed. I wanted to see him go free. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. quickly,
0: quick, quickly, before we wrap up, because uh, we, we I mean we mentioned these two actors and Bokeem Woodbine. But uh, did you have any other thoughts on like Daniel Kaluuya? I mean, uh, it's I, I, I don't know, man. He's like just really good at what
1: he does. Oh yeah, Daniel Kaluuya fucking kills it. Um and I liked him in Get Out a lot. I actually
0: went back I, and read your Letterboxd Get Out review the other day. Um just in kind of in anticipation of this. So I, which, <laughs> which I enjoyed doing, but it's like, you know, like he's like really good at like just conveying shit with his face. And like I, oh, yeah. I know it's, it's a, it's a weird thing actor, to say, but like yeah. he's like he conveys so much without saying anything like more than maybe better than any actor working right now like yeah he's impressive.
1: brilliant he's brilliant and she's brilliant mm-hmm.
0: those are really good uh again bokeem woodbine hilarious and you know i did you ever see did you watch fargo i can't remember of course of course So he's incredible in fargo season two but yeah it's like yeah i mean he's incredible in a different way than he's incredible here like he, it's just sort of like i hope people keep finding interesting things for him to do um i re- really enjoyed that really enjoyed him in this movie and yeah i actually think i've kind of like i mean i I, I think I like the movie even a little more after talking to you. Like waves, like I was, I don't know, I, I just kind of feel the same. I'm just really disappointed in it. But like Queen and mm-hmm. Swim, I was just kind of conflicted on some of this stuff, and I just some of the the odd plot stuff and the protests. Which again, it's possible to really like this movie and criticize that scene like like you did. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I was just like i was a little conflicted about some of those weird moments where it's like they're not trying as hard to escape as they could and i'm like what is this and again yeah the florida geography stuff is small potatoes even if it did take me out of the movie <laughs> in in the, in the in the moment so um i don't know i think th- i do think i i do come out feeling uh rather positive on that movie and I, th- I feel like we're i don't know i feel like we're pretty well in agreement on this uh do you have any other final thoughts
1: a uh, brilliant movie Go see it. (laughs) Go see it, bros. Uh, I saw, like, a 1040 showing on a weekday, and it was weirdly packed, so I hope that this movie ends up gaining some ground by word of mouth.
0: Yeah, one other thing we didn't mention, um, like, we talked a little bit about, like, just the um, – I think we talked a little bit about how she's like a uh, Malia Matsukis is a, clearly like a talented music video director that she would get the chance to do this is clearly the case. But the movie does look pretty incredible. I mean, it um, as even if I criticized it for like how it faked Florida, like the, it it what it it still looks beautiful the whole time. Like you like looking at this movie, and they did it for like a, it looks like their budget was twenty million dollars, and the movie's already made back its budget, Damn, which is good. Really? So I mean, it's really twenty impressive. million dollars. Is that less than you expected when I said that? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, I. And again, it's like, it's, it's really cool for a movie like this. That's like a a very, a movie about black people that is, um, very uncompromising in the fact that it is a black movie uh got a, to make a they, they they got that kind of level budget to make it it wasn't something that had to be done quite on the cheap either you know what i mean M- maybe you thought it looked the fact that it, you thought it looked more expensive than that is a testament to the filmmaking but you know maybe a lot of movies like this you might think they would only get the chance to do it for like dirt cheap indie style so it's cool that they got at least that much money to do it and they're gonna make money and i hope they keep making money um uh, before we sign off, Daniel, I mean, you don't have time to go on some weird rant and recommendation corner like you normally might do, so you have to go to work. Do you want to plug anything, though, quickly or your letterbox or anything before you sign off?
1: Well, truthfully, it's been a while since I, you know, saw the last movie that I saw that I really, really loved was Queen and Slim. I haven't been watching too many movies. Yeah. I haven't been watching too many TV shows. I've been playing one video game and I haven't really been enjoying it. <sighs> uh, so I'll go and I'll actually recommend. Uh, a movie that I rewatched, My Dinner with Andre, which was the, you know, the movie about two guys, two playwrights meeting up for dinner, and it's just them at dinner talking about life and what they've been up to. And uh, when I saw it, I was like a teenager, and I couldn't really, you know, even though I understood what they were saying, and I thought it was interesting and all, I didn't didn't realize how sad it was. Now that I'm older, and I've, you know, I'm still not as old as these characters, but, like, you know, I've lived, I've had to deal with the you know crushing disappointment that life brings uh sorry to get depressive on your Good on your it. podcast man but um yeah and this movie is about two men just talking about these uh how to live life uh in a way that is you know a bit heightened because these are two playwrights two very intellectual you know upper class people but um i think that it's really brilliant i think that now that I am older and wiser and able to follow along with what they're talking about in a way that actually relates to my day-to-day life, Um, I got a lot more out of it. And the fact that it is two people talking at dinner for two hours and it's not boring as hell – I think that's it's a, a testament to how well it's written. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've actually never seen it. So, and I, and I, I, I kind of always, which is weird because like I saw the, there's a community episode that's just basically a, a take on it. And yeah. I, and
1: that's, I, that's, that's the first time I heard of it. And that's the only reason I watched it. Yeah. yeah so
0: I kind of, I feel like I should go back just so I can go back and then watch the yeah, community for those episode that, and
1: make more sense. For those interested, it is on the Criterion channel and it is on Canopy, which is a free service. So okay. go ahead and watch it. Well,
0: I need to, I feel like I've watched like two movies on Criterion. I've had it for like four months. So I need to, I'm yeah, always going to support same. it. I've always supported it. I am going to keep supporting it as long as i don't lose my job and need to cut some costs <laughs> or whatever because it's a good thing that we have and but i, I need to actually start getting my money source. so i'm glad that you told me it was on there as usual i'm josh Chernovoy, j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y on twitter and letterbox podcast twitter is 50, uh, rewind movie pod and podcast gmail is the rewind movie pod at gmail.com so everyone get back at us there coming up next we'll have podcast on the irishman or maybe one on marriage story so stay tuned for both of those thanks again to daniel for joining us and we'll see you next time